Glad to have you back. Hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Bill Michaels. Ben Kenny producing the program. Glad you're with us today. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, when you think about uh, the Packers outside linebacker Rashawn Gary, what do you say about Rashawn Gary? Um, he's had some really good seasons. He's been one of the most productive and efficient edge rushers in, rushers in football. Although he's still not looked at as a top player at the edge rushing position coming into this season. In a poll of over 50 NFL executives, coaches, and players conducted by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, Gary didn't make it into the top 10 or even the honorable mention section among the league's edge rushers. He was listed among those, quote, also receiving votes. One poll doesn't necessarily provide a perfectly accurate representation of the league's viewpoint on where a player stands among its peers. But this one does show that Gary, who led the Packers in sacks with nine and a half and quarterback hits in 28 back in last uh, during last season in 2021, isn't yet viewed as a solidified star in the NFL after just one terrific season. Uh, Gary, hungrier, he says, than ever before. Coming out of the uh, the PackersWire.com. But uh, Gary said, if anything, it's made me hungry. According to Mike Spofford of Packers.com, it made me go back, watch films, see what I put on tape, see areas of my pass rush, my run defense, and things that I can improve on. Another step forward from Gary and everybody else in the league would consider him to be one of the game's best if he continues to progress. He was the 12th overall pick in 2019. I had stated at the time that I didn't think it was a good pick. I had stated at the time that this is not Reggie White walking through the door, that he was not a big-time pass rusher. So to get nine and a half sacks this year, that's impressive. He has really emerged which also goes to show you and me that you cannot make the overwhelming assumptions on draft day about a particular player until you get a chance to actually see them. Now, I did see uh, flashes early on. Rashawn Gary has always had strong upper body. He has always been a bull in a china shop type of rusher. He can knock your ass over, and we've seen that. He does not have that big hammer underneath move. He does not have that big swat over the top move. He doesn't have that. He's never perfected that. doesn't mean he can't. just means he's never really had that. What he's had is, I will beat you up if you're not physically more dominating than I am. That he's always had. And that he's accentuated. So, for what I thought he would be to what he is, he's certainly proven me wrong. And I think a lot of others as well. But just speaking on my behalf, i he's proven me wrong. He's been a terrific surprise. But for him not to be considered one of the top in the NFL, I understand it to a certain extent. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand it to a certain extent. But I'm glad what his statement is, is that it's made him hungrier. Absolutely. 
Because I think he has, if he takes yet another step forward this season, and I'm not just talking statistically, I'm talking disruptive and better against the run, then I think he has become a truly all-around player. And he he will have far, far, far exceeded expectation after he got that full-time playing experience because uh, Zadarius Smith was down last year. It was worth the wait. According to Pro Football Focus, he finished second among NFL edge rushers in pressures with 81, second at win rate, and that goes back to that fact that he is just so damn strong. Eighth in pass rush grade at 88.9, and third in pass rush productivity. Now the key for him would be maintaining that production and the disruption capability. Now that everybody in the NFL is aware of his capabilities – as a rusher, and he's got to evolve. He's got to then earn that move, that's that, that power under move or that hammer over the top swat and swim, whatever whatever he ends up getting, that's it. So because other teams are going to try to find his faults and, and accentuate that, right? That's what you do. But he considers every season a chance to be an ascending player, young player, to prove his status among his peers in the NFL. But this time next year, he could easily find himself cemented as one of the top edge rushers and in line for maybe a massive new contract extension. Don't forget, because that's coming up as well. So let's be honest. And that's ultimately the goal. You want to win a championship. You want to be considered by your peers as one of the best, no doubt. But for, for Rashawn Gary, here comes the money train. So in a year in which he needs it, you one, knock on wood, you don't end up with an injury, right? Two, and I think probably more importantly, you ascend. You you does he, do you want nine and a half sacks again this year? Yes, but you want to continue to be disruptive, and you want to be even better against the run. He's not. This is not the the, the same speed coming off the edge as say Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews was so good because he could drag down ball carriers and quarterbacks from behind. Rashawn Gary's not that same speed guy, but when it comes to his side of the field. If he can shed and tackle and, and really get even better at that, then I think not only if he can keep the numbers that he had from last year, but be able to shed and tackle and up his run defense, I think then he begins to really ascend. Because then he will have backed it up, uh, the numbers that he put together last year, and then he even got better when it comes to being a run stuffer. And that then becomes an all-around player. That then earns him the cash along with it. What did you think about Rashawn Gary when he came out, when he was drafted, Ben? Well, I knew him more from the perspective of number one recruit in the country going to Michigan. And, mm-hmm. yeah, he was productive, but he wasn't that crazy, like, I, I don't know the best example, but that crazy edge rusher, like Will Anderson at Alabama right now, right. that just tore up college football. He wasn't that, but you saw the potential. So coming out, I thought the draft pick was mostly based on the massive potential there. So it would have made sense if it didn't pan out right away. And I guess we've seen that. I mean, yep. I, I don't know if it's the best analogy, but he's like aging like a mildly fine wine. Where in the mm-hmm. beginning, you saw some things, but then now, especially with Zadarius Smith gone, I mean, now it's pretty much it's his pass rush. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Now you pack that with this Packers defensive line and how much better he can get. Kenny Clark 
He's got what we believe to be legitimate help up front. I think we can all agree upon that. uh, Devontae Wyatt, along with the Eagles' first-round selection of Jordan Davis, helped to solidify Georgia's defensive line, and it was revered in college football. So bringing in Devontae Wyatt, huge. The Packers have spent the first-round draft pick on defensive linemen, not including Rashawn Gary, who was technically a D-end out of Michigan, before he switched to the outside linebacker position, since Ted Thompson knocked it out of the park getting Kenny Clark. So you've got Jerron Reed, who they picked up in the offseason, the veteran defensive tackle. Uh, he looks to shore up a defensive line unit that seems to have as much talent as they've, as they've had in years. And this defense is new potential overall. Um, they The one thing that's been missing, I think, for this Packers defense over the last few years, it's gotten steadily better. But the one thing that is, is missing consistently, I think, has been the ability to create turnovers. And I think this defense has been looking for that for like a decade. For like a decade. Go back to when Charles Woodson and company were roaming the secondary. Whether it was coming off the edge, creating fumbles by blindside hits to quarterbacks, or it was getting picks, punching the ball out via fumbles. I think this defense has been searching for a top 10 finish in turnovers uh, for quite some time. That's the only thing missing. I think that now they've got depth up front. They've got legit linebackers. Their secondary uh, is not extensively deep, but deep enough. And I think that they're they're they have that ability to be a top five defense. I don't I don't deny that. But I think. I, I, I think the one thing missing is probably the ability to create consistently turnovers. Give the, And they're going to need that because let's just say for blanks and giggles that the offense without Devontae is nowhere nearly as good. Okay, let's just say that all the predictions, all those gloom and doom naysayers on the outside looking in saying it's Aaron Rodgers and no other ability to move the football, let's say part of that is true, that the productivity just descends. Okay, you're going to need more opportunities to move the football, which means you're going to need a defense that's going to give the ball back to you often enough for you to win games. 877-867-1670. I don't necessarily believe that, but if this defense can create turnovers, uh, it, it really does change things in many, many ways. Many, many ways. Um, this one is from uh, AJ who says, I think this defense is the best they've had since 2010, and it may even be better. The guys up front are certainly stronger. I I don't know if I'd go that far. Remember that year you had Cullen Jenkins, B.J. Raji, C.J. Wilson, Howard Green, Ryan Pickett. You had beef. You had wherewithal up front. You had quickness up front. You had domination up front. The linebacking core was probably not as good. Even though you had the outside rusher, you had A.J. Hawk on the inside, you had the outside rusher and Clay Matthews. I don't know if that, but the depth of that, I don't, I, we'll have to wait and see. But I don't know if I'm going to put up, because in the secondary, your shutdown corner would be Jair. Compare Jair to Charles. Charles was an interception machine. Charles got picks. He was the defensive player of the year. I don't know if, if, if Alexander's going to be that. Because Alexander's forte is not picking guys off, picking off quarterbacks. It's basically defending passes. 
He creates a lot of incompletions, but he's not a guy with the best hands. He doesn't have that same pickability that Charles Woodson has. So to compare the defenses in, in that realm or compare players in that realm if you want to go pound for pound, I don't, man, I don't know. I don't know if they're that good. Who is Nick Collins? Adrian Amos? Darnell Savage? Darnell Savage, maybe. But I don't think he's Nick Collins good. Then your backups, remember, in that secondary, Tremont Williams, Sam Shields. Sam Shields with that incredible speed. Is Stokes that good? Is Russell Douglas that good? I don't know if you could say that. That was a hell of a defense. They weren't the best at stuffing the run, but they were really, really good at putting pressure on quarterbacks, causing them to throw a second or two too early, and then being able to turn the ball over. And they were real good at punching it out, too. But with a speed rusher of Clay Matthews coming off the edge, A.J. Hawk's best year, so I would say Devondre Campbell, an upgrade at the middle linebacking position, yes. Is Preston Smith as good as Clay Matthews? Is Rashawn Gary as good as Clay Matthews playing the outside backer position? That edge rusher? I don't know if I'd go there. I don't know if I, 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 I'd go there. And Cheddarball says Jair's a lockdown corner. They don't throw at him. I would agree. So that means, okay, so it, they didn't throw a lot at Charles, but Charles came up with picks. You didn't want to throw at Charles Woodson. But Charles Woodson, if, if you did, he just had a knack for not only reading the football, but grabbing the football. He had good hands. So if you're going to compare lockdown corners, Charles had one of his best seasons ever in a year in which they won the Super Bowl playing for the Packers. That's my comparison, though, if you see what I'm saying. 877-867-1670, but the year, But this year they want to expound upon turnovers. They were good last year. They weren't great. This year they want to be great. That was one of the emphasis coming into, uh, coming into camp when they talked about it uh, quite often, that they were better at it last year. They want to be even better at it this year. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. This portion of the program being brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and uh, looking out of them right now. Last night, they kept the, uh, kept the storms out, nice and comfortable in the house, the humidity out of the house. Good stuff. Love those Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin. And right now, whether it's windows, doors, entry systems, you can get four years, no interest financing. I say it again, four years, no interest. Right now at Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin. All you got to do is make a phone call. Make a phone call, say, hey, I want to stop in, I want to check them out, or get that free in-home consultation. Free in-home consultation. Go to PellaWI.com, that is Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com, or call them, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. 855-PELLA-WI. See for yourself. How about, though, if you don't go with the financing, how about going with, uh, you know, 250 bucks off the windows? 400 bucks off the slider windows. They're giving all kinds of deals right now. Again, go to PellaWI.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI. They will custom measure, custom manufacture, custom assemble, and then custom install with warranty your windows and doors. All that opportunity is right there at your fingertips. Go to PellaWI.com or call them 
Pella WI. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I uh, mentioned this last week, and uh, yesterday um, went to the visitation of uh, Nick Albanese, uh, Dominic Albanese, and uh, Joey's dad. Uh, Sad day yesterday, but uh, the name and the restaurant live on. And uh, if you're going to stop in, say hi to Joey, give him a hug. Uh, All the bocce ball people were there yesterday, and uh, a lot of their friends and family and those that knew Dominic and such, but uh, it's just a kind of a sad day, but you had a celebration of life yesterday. And if you're going to be out and about looking for some good Italian food on the west side of Milwaukee, out in the Waukesha, Brookfield area, uh, Albanese's Roadhouse right there on Blue Mountain Road, just uh, next to Menards and uh, across the street from Home Depot. You know where that's at. Uh, just stop at Albanese's Roadhouse. Tell Joey and the gang we said hi and uh, give him a hug. Give him a hug. Good, give him a good Italian family hug. Good stuff. Um, One of the other topics that I had posted about uh, today was the fact that uh, rumor has it that the Bears need a dome. Soldier Field. Uh, Ben, now, I don't understand. The Bears bought all that property out by Arlington. So there's a lot of rumor and innuendo that uh, they're going to move to to Arlington. They're going to build a new stadium there, something much more conducive to them making money than what they have with the Parks Department at Soldier Field. Soldier Field being the longtime historic stadium of the Chicago Bears. And then they did the renovation, which looks like total crap. It was a it was a complete failure, an epic failure for six hundred and almost seven hundred million dollars, as opposed to what the Packers did for two hundred and fifty million. It's. They stole the money from the people of uh, of Illinois. Okay. But what is putting a dome on Soldier Field going to do? I, I don't understand why we're talking about putting a dome on Soldier Field. The fans can take their coats off? Um, yeah, I guess. But how does that make more money for the Bears? Oh, it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't understand. This topic came up, and I just I don't understand why uh, this. They're saying Chicago considering a dome for Soldier Field. The key, the mayor, wants to put a dome to keep the Bears downtown. I don't understand why. I I, I don't understand what. Mayor Lightfoot openly floated out the idea of enclosing Soldier Field before, most recently in February, but the Lakefront Museum Campus Working Group established to recommend strategic investments to Chicago's lakefront landmarks is now expected to formally propose Soldier Field to be improved, which would include rebuilding parts of the nearly 100-year-old stadium and potentially selling or granting the name and rights to the venue which has been home to the Bears since 1971. A dome, meanwhile, would likely require taxpayer contributions with the cost estimated between $400 million and $1.5 billion. Just to add a dome? 
The most recent NFL stadiums uh, with enclosed roofing includes the Chargers, the Rams, SoFi Stadium, obviously the Raiders. Uh, you go back a little ways, you look at what uh, the, the Vikings have done. But my question is, why in the world would the Bears want to stay at Soldier Field other than just remaining downtown? Now, I'm not a Bears fan. I could give two blanks about this when it comes to the fandomonium of the Chicago Bears. But other than maybe as a Packers fan going into Soldier Field going, ah, I don't have to dress for the weather. But why, if I'm the Bears and I'm the McCaskey family, why am I doing this? You still have the same issues. You don't own the land. The naming rights are going to help you and the city. They're not, they're not yours. I mean, unless the Bears you know, negotiate and say, we want the property, we want to manage the property, we want to govern all money in the property, we'll just pay you for it and get it out of the way. Why would, why would I, as a, as a Chicago Bear executive, want this deal? I, I can't figure it out. Get some concerts. Every team, uh, try to get a, try to get a Super Bowl. I don't know. I guess there are events that could be held indoors. Well, then that's 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 part of it. If they get this deal, that you got to assume since they've done a Super Bowl in Minnesota, they've done a Super Bowl in Detroit, they've done a Super Bowl in a non-enclosed stadium in the Meadowlands. You got to assume that at some point Chicago will get a Super Bowl. Somewhere down the road, the NFL is going to promise them that. That seems to be the direction in which, because every every team that's built a stadium's gotten one. Now it's already assumed you're going to get one if you're in the South, whether it's Miami, New Orleans, like when Jerry World was built, Arizona. You you assume those places are going to get them anyway. Carolina, Tampa Bay, you understand that. San Diego, California, L.A. The Vegas uh, Raiders are now getting one. They're getting a Super Bowl in a couple years. This coming year, it's back in Arizona, and then after that, it goes to uh, Las Vegas, then after that, it goes to New Orleans. But you would assume they're going to do that. But but again, John Jonathan says, well, you could have other events there during the winter months, such as March Madness tournaments, concerts, Big Ten championships. Yeah, but that does not benefit the Bears. Joshua, I get all of that. But if I'm the Bears, why do I want that? If, if you don't own the property and you don't own the building and you don't get paid for that, because that the, the city, the Parks Department owns that. If you don't get that money, then why, if I'm in the Bears, why would I do this deal? It's great to say that you're doing that there. That's fine for the city. Absolutely. But as far as the rest of it goes, why why would it matter to me? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. I I just there, there's got to be more to this. I guess there's got to be more to this for the that, that that would benefit the Bears. There has to be, because otherwise, why would I be doing it? That's that's the only that's the only issue I can see.
It, now, if they say, hey, we're going we're gonna to give you the naming rights or we're going to give you the ability to make additional money off of this, then absolutely you would do it in a heartbeat if you're the Bears. Um, Rick says, I thought the Bears were building their own stadium outside of Chicago. Yeah, Arlington. That's the point, is that the, the Bears already purchased that property. The assumption is they're going to move. This is Chicago's attempt to try to keep the Bears in Chicago and at Soldier Field. And that's why Mayor Lightfoot kind of floated it out there, and they're going to make this formal proposal that, yes, eventually they're going to propose to put a dome on Soldier Field and renovate Soldier Field in an effort to keep the Bears there. But if I'm the Bears, why would I want to stay? If I'm going to have my own stadium, my own parking, all the venues in that area can then be developed by me and I get the money off of that, why would I want to be a part of any renovation and rebuild of Soldier Field? As, as historic as it is, why would, I, why would I want to be a part of that? Because we know the, that's, the Bears are doing it for the money. So I, anyway, I just I was throwing it out there because when I read that, I thought, this is peeing into a fan. This is just saying something to say something. It, it, it doesn't matter. Rick, I could not agree with you more. He said Soldier Field is a dump. The last remodel was an epic failure. Chicago government sucks. I, just look. Now go back and think about this for a minute because both, both stadiums were being funded at about the same time in renovation. The renovation, they hired the, the firm that renovated uh, Notre Dame Stadium. The, the Bears did. And they put together this grand plan to make this beautiful Parthenon look like a cruise ship parked in front of it. And in the meantime, Bob Harlan is scraping and, and, and planning and adding things and talking to people and getting references and looking in many directions to try to figure out the best way to utilize a very limited fund to pay for the renovation of Lambeau Field. Lambeau Field is complete. Soldier Field is complete. Soldier Field, the majority of seats are upstairs. The low-income seats, as opposed to closer to the field, higher-charging, higher-income seats. The Cadillac Club and the suites, they're nice. They're not bad. But overall, yeah, it's it's a piece together aluminum can and look at Lambeau field standing tall and majestic above everything else. And anybody in the NFL will tell you some of the best stadiums. You can look at say the new stadium of SoFi. You can look at that giant thing that looks like an iRobot out there in Vegas. Beautiful Jerry world. Incredible. But when it comes to the tradition of stadiums and the beauty of a stadium and the functionality of a stadium, I think everybody votes on Lambeau. Hands down. Nobody mentions, oh, yeah, we got to go to Soldier Field. That's a that, that's a dump. I've said for years the joke has always been from some of the Delta pilots when you're flying north into Chicago, once you get to the giant toilet seat, make a left. But to add a dome to Soldier Field, why? I can see for the city 
yes, you are right. You can get more events. You can get concerts. You can do things in the wintertime, Final Fours and all that kind of stuff. I, that I get. But if I'm the Bears, how does that benefit the Bears? That's what I'm asking. 877-867-1670. That's the phone number to get a hold of us. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Over there on Pewaukee Lake, beautiful. And I know a lot of you stopped by over the weekend, the historic holiday weekend, even saw Well, they didn't have the fireworks there on uh, Monday. They're going to be this weekend. So maybe you're heading over there this weekend to catch the fireworks. Stop in, tell Ryan and the whole staff, we said howdy. The fireworks, they bumped them. I'm not going to get the chance to see the fireworks on Pewaukee Lake this year. They bumped them back. Going to be out of town. But uh, Curly's Waterfront Public Grill, going to be packed. Stop in, tell them we said hi. Get yourself the pig porker. They got a great buffalo chicken wrap there. They got some good pizzas, too. Love that buffalo chicken wrap there, though. Good place to go and watch the games as well. That's Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake next to Smokey's Bait Shop right there at the uh, launch ramp. Good stuff. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming back right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. That's some breaking news in the NFL we're going to get to coming up here in just a moment. I want to remind you, our friends at MKE Brewing, uh, they have the rooftop patio open. They are still uh, cranking it out down there. And a lot of good stuff on 9th Street, downtown Milwaukee. And uh, if you're going to head down, go enjoy yourself. Sit on the roof, get yourself a craft brew, craft beverage. Maybe watch a Brewers game uh, either today or anytime during this weekend. Stop down uh, 9th Street, MKE Brewing, Milwaukee Brewing. 9th Street, downtown Milwaukee. Good place to go. Really good place to go. Uh, so some breaking news right now in the NFL. A new quarterback in Carolina. It has finally happened. He has, got, he has garnered his freedom. That's right. The Panthers are getting Baker Mayfield from the Browns for a 2024 conditional fifth-round draft choice. Ben, they got him for kind of a steal. For nothing, yeah. Um, Man, that is – I mean, the Browns didn't get much anything, really. And the Browns are splitting the financials. The Browns are actually paying half of his salary as well. That's an amazing deal for Carolina. The Browns must have just been – I mean, everybody knew that they had to train him, that he was not going to play for Cleveland. Now, does this give you – because the next question is, well, who's going to quarterback in Cleveland? Do, do, do the Browns feel like Deshaun Watson's going to be their guy? Like he's coming back? There's no way. What happens if you're the Browns, you make this deal, Baker Mayfield's gone, and he wasn't going to play for you anyway, but you make this deal, and Deshaun Watson, say, gets at minimal the entire year. Do you just bag it for a year and hope that he comes back and after missing two years of football that Deshaun Watson's the real deal and that nothing else goes awry? He doesn't do anything else to warrant yet another investigation, a new investigation of some type? Boy, the Brown, no wonder the Browns are just a cesspool. That's all they could get was a fifth-round draft choice 
for the former number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield, who has taken that team to a playoff situation. And then on top of it, oh, by the way, you're paying him to go away. That is amazing. Bill, do you know what we get to see week one? Mm, give it to me. Browns at Carolina. Oh, I didn't even realize that. I did not even realize that, but uh, boy, okay, well, we'll go with that. Looking forward to that. It's kind of amazing how whenever anything happens, it just fits in perfectly to some game happening and a narrative right. that you know, the NFL can market. It satisfies our curiosity. No doubt. <laughs> oh, man. So who's who's quarterback for the Browns week one, do you think? Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett, yeah. There's no way. Now, you mean like, are you talking Jacoby Brissett or Deshaun Watson? Or are you talking Joshua Dobbs or, or whomever? Maybe Watson. Maybe my, they... my assumption, it, there's no way it's Deshaun Watson. There's no way. The NFL, there, there's no way. And it's got to be Jacoby Brissett. I mean, if you're the Browns, you're now down to what, two quarterbacks? Joshua Dobbs and Jacoby Brissett to Sean Watson, you got to assume, is going to be on the shelf. Right? You'd have to think that. Maybe they trade for a veteran. Brissett hasn't been bad. Like, when he would no. come in, he would be fine enough. Right. I ah. would say bring in Nick Foles, but he already found a home. <laughs> Nick Foles is, the, uh, is, is your guy. Uh, Trevor says uh, there's no way Deshaun Watson plays this year, but do the Browns know something we don't? Go ahead and make that deal to get rid of Baker Mayfield rather than crossing the bridge to make him happy to get him to come back to play for you because you know Deshaun Watson's going to play this year and they're not going to make a decision on him until after the end of the season. Trevor, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine that Deshaun Watson's going to step onto a field this season. It would be... What are the odds Deshaun Watson plays at all this year, Ben? If I if, had, if you're going to be an odds maker in Vegas right now, I would say three to one, four to one at this point that he plays a single game. Four to one against that he plays a single game, or four, four to one that he does play. Four to one against, like you would you would get significant plus money betting him to play a game. Heavily favored I would to say miss the season. 90% of me says he does not play a game. He does not step onto an NFL field this season. 90% of me. I that's why I'm I'm that's why you would have to assume that Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter. Now Rick says Watson's going to get 12 games minimal. See, I I when you start looking at the comparison of games, you go back to Ben Roethlisberger. He was accused of something, never, never, charges were not filed, never, nothing came to pass out of it. 
but he got suspended. Now you take that and multiply that by 26, 25? You have to figure it's going to be at least a year, right? At first, I thought we were talking four to six games because it just seemed like things were starting to trend into Sean Watson's favor. But after everything that's gone on, the pressure that's being put on the NFL, this hostile work environment thing that's going on with the Washington Command, I mean, the NFL has to come down on him. If they, if the NFL does not come down on Deshaun Watson and does not come down on Daniel Snyder, they will look like the most misogynistic entity of any business out there. And this whole thing of the, the commissioner yelling about protect the shield will be one million percent garbage. It will be the most hypocrisy, most hypocrisy filled this statement ever. The NFL is going to always go on because there's gambling and fanatics and football people, and, and we all know that. But it, it will be a really, really, really dark day in the NFL if they don't do what's necessary or go above and beyond what's necessary to prove that they're not what everybody's perception of them actually is. 877 867 1670. 877 867 1670. So, Baker Mayfield uh, on his way out, going to Carolina, waiting for the decision on Deshaun Watson, waiting for a decision and more via the House subcommittee on Capitol Hill regarding Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commanders. All is quiet on the Stephen Ross front, on the Jimmy Haslam front, on the Jerry Jones front. All is quiet there. All is quiet on the John Gruden front for the time being. We're waiting for the depositions to actually begin to take place. You would assume there's negotiations going on there. Interesting stuff going on right now in the NFL. 877-867-1670. Going to stop over and see my buddy Dan Della today over at the social house, HAUS. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm swapping my car with Dan because I don't have a truck right now. So to be able to take the boat on vacation... I was up the other day, and Dan's like, that. Ah. He was complaining about the gas prices. He says, I just can't wait to get out of my truck. I said, you know what? I'll give you an opportunity to for a week if you want. So we're going to actually trade vehicles. I'm going to take his Chevy uh, Chevy pickup. He's going to drive my my car for a week, and uh, I'm going to get to be able to take the boat on vacation, and Dan's going to get a chance to get a break on the gas prices and kind of go from there. So there you go. It all works out for everybody, but uh, that's the kind of guy Dan is. Just a great guy, man. So stop into the social house, H-A-U-S on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls, and uh, tell them we said hi. But uh, more so, get the cheese curd burger because it's fantastic. I'm going to have one of those today. Cannot wait. Uh, about 3, 3.30, something like that. Going to get over there, swap cars, eat a little bit, and then head out to pick up the boat from our buddy at uh, Lyle and the gang at J&L Tire Service. So cannot wait. Tell Dan we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Hey, the creepy crawlies. When the water starts to fly, especially, uh, start to head towards the uh, homestead. I told you I had an issue uh, around the house with ants, and uh, whether it's bed bugs, ants, stink bugs, 
They're not in the house. They were around the house, but I called my friends over at Milwaukee Bedbug Pros. They can do so much in so many different areas. But if you got stuff that's in your home, uh, I can't recommend anybody any higher if I had to. Milwaukee Bedbug Pros. God knows that, uh, God forbid, you get bedbugs. Holy mackerel. Those things are terrible to get rid of, but uh, they can do it. And the best part about it is they do it safely. Uh, people wonder about pets and kids and such, and uh, they, they get it done. You can't do anything if you don't call or if you just want to be preventative. Say you own property. You're a property owner of numerous units. They can help you with that as well. But you can't do anything if you don't call. 414-877-5811. That's 414-877-5811. 414-877-5811. Get a hold of Michael over there at Milwaukee Bedbug Pros. Their bedbug services, their general pest control, they've got it. Ant control. Like what I had outside the house. Ant control outside the house. They can do that. Now, thank God, because I used them, nothing got in the house. But some of those hills, man, became quite evident. They, they started actually eroding away under the bushes in the front of my house because they had so many little porous holes and such under the ground. The bushes were sinking. I didn't realize the problem was that bad. And they fixed it. Man, they fixed it. Good stuff from Milwaukee Bedbug Pros. Uh, give them a call. Give a call. Uh, to Mel- Michael and the gang, 414-877-5811-414. Don't let the name Milwaukee fool you. They go everywhere. But 414-877-5811. That's Milwaukee Bedbug Pros or go to MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. Coming up in the next hour, going to talk a little bit more about this. You obviously have uh, Baker Mayfield, who is now on the move, heading to the Carolina Panthers. And Carolina now. In a similar situation, because they also have some decisions to make uh, about their quarterback, Sam Darnold, who's coming into the final year of his deal, and they've got uh, now Baker Mayfield in the fold. They're paying part of Baker Mayfield's contract. So is the uh, so is the uh, uh, the Browns. Browns are going to pay ten and a half million of Mayfield's salary there. So that's all going on. By the way making that somewhat surprising appearance today. Aaron Rodgers is on Pat McAfee. So anything uh, of interest said there, we'll touch base with you. We'll let you know. That's all coming up as well. So a lot of little stuff going on today. 877-867-1670. You can uh, find us. Again, 877-867-1670. Hit us up there. This one's from Joe. Joe says, uh, hey, unit, love the discussion regarding Baker Mayfield and also the Bears. No way they put a dome on Soldier Field. Doesn't make sense unless the Bears have a bigger piece of the pie. In regards to Baker Mayfield, what does that do for Jordan Love's value? If Baker Mayfield is a former number one overall, a guy who has actually taken a team to the postseason, only gets a fifth-round draft choice. What the hell do you make of Jordan Love? Well, that, that that's different. Um, in the same scenario, now, if you want to just talk straight up value, okay, it, it makes it not very much. I agree with that. However, the difference is you know you had to trade Baker Mayfield. You don't have to trade Jordan Love. You have to trade Baker Mayfield. However, Baker Mayfield, in a have-to-trade situation, the best they could garner is a fifth-round conditional pick, not this upcoming uh, offseason, but the following offseason. Think about that. So what kind of value would that place on Jordan Love at this point? Everything seems to come back to the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love. I don't know how, but it does. (laughs) 
Uh, you know what, though? They're not trading Jordan Love away unless somebody absolutely falls in their head and knocks their socks off with a deal because right now he's your backup. Getting rid of Kirk Bankert was the, uh, the determining factor there that, Jordan, you are our guy. Okay, great. Stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after the top of the hour. Hang in there. We'll be back right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.